it was probably a collection of the frustration spilling over this constant feeling of like, I'm good at something, but I just don't know what or doubt, like these little micro doses of doubt that you give yourself. You almost start a business, but you pull back. You almost do this, but you pull back and you almost, right? Those, those little micro doses that like keep you at, at bay. And it's not until like, it just, it was probably just out of frustration. I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like no one else knows about this or is going to give me that title if I'm not going to give it to myself. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to start claiming that like, I'm a genius. Like, why not? Like, who who gives out the Genius Awards? Like, how do you measure genius? Welcome to The Space Between, the middle path between East and West, psychology and spirituality, high performance and inner peace. Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Space Between podcast. My name is Katie Cheadle, and I'm here with my co-host, Clint Monfort. Clint, what's up? How's it going? And today we have a special guest, Markel Martin, who... My path to Markel came through his fiance, Carrie, um, because she does the beautiful graphic design for Markel's podcast, Moves, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But Markel, um, man, I want to hear about your journey from football player to being on The Bachelor (laughs) to being a combat sports uh, agent now, actually the agent of the UFC heavyweight champion right now. Congratulations. But man, let us in on your path. And thanks again for being here. No, thank you, Katie and and Clint. Uh, Honored to be here. Um, I guess let me start at, yeah, I think your first question was was kind of college football. So I'm born and raised in Rialto, California, uh, actually where, where I'm at now, um, at, at my parents' place. Uh, you know, Carrie and I have been here since the, the start of the pandemic and basically, you know, played sports all my life, you know, uh, in high school, did football and track, and then ended up just uh, walking on to UNLV, actually, because I ended up getting getting injured. I had like uh, shoulder um, troubles in, in high school. So I, I actually walked on to UNLV, right? Um, yeah, uh, Nevada, Las Vegas. So moved out there, earned a scholarship after my first year. And that was great, right? And I think most of all collegiate athletes want to go pro in their respective sports. So that was me, right? Um, I, I'm the, the youngest of three boys. So I kind of put a lot of pressure on myself to kind of be successful and make it. And I wanted to make it to the league. And throughout my college career, I had four surgeries. So, um, yeah, that kind of took me out of, of my main kind of playing years at ACL and three shoulder surgeries. And that was just, just all she wrote. So needless to say, I, I graduated early, um, with a degree in advertising and marketing, I decided to use a portion of my scholarship that was left to uh, pursue a master's degree. So I got my master's in sports management. Um, and after, you know, after sports, I said, okay, it, it's, it's not looking like the pros, but I love sports. That's all I pretty much grew up knowing and understanding. So let me get a, you know, a job in sports. And at the time in Las, in Las Vegas, the only main sport, I guess you can say, is, was uh, mixed martial arts, right? And the UFC. So the UFC was headquartered there. 
I was a, a personal stylist working my way through my last year of my grad school. I was a personal stylist at Nordstrom and, and one of my clients uh, was an executive at the, at the UFC. So that's how I got a job at UFC. Wow. So Nordstrom to UFC and I um, did marketing partnerships, um, global marketing partnerships. And when I was there, it was kind of the height of UFC. So UFC is a very massive sport, right? Um, it, it's kind of mainstream nowadays. But when I was there, it was only 300 employees, right? But um, who came onto the scene was like, you know, your Conor McGregor's, your Ronda Rousey. Um, so I felt like I was there in, in a good height. And then, uh, yeah, so I was there for four years until, and I'll stop here, um, until... WME, a major agency, a competitor of CAA, where I work at now, a big Hollywood um, sports and entertainment agency or entertainment agency, I should say, purchased UFC for $4.1 or $4.2 billion. And then that was in 2016. So in 2016, um, they laid off 100 UFC employees because WME already had those positions filled. So I was unfortunately affected by that. So I got laid off. Uh, in October uh, 18th of 2016. And then also, and I'll, I'll, I'll jump into it later, seven days later after getting laid off, I had heart surgery. Um, yeah, so I found out that I had heart disease. And, you know, in hindsight, right, I, it's, it's probably a blessing in disguise that I had all those injuries in college and, and never went on to the pros because I the heart condition that I had probably would have led to me dying on on the field or working out or practicing. Oh my gosh. You literally remember the date. You said October 18th of yeah. 2016. That tells me this was like very, this was very impactful on your journey. Like what does that day mean to you? Yeah, it means um, transition. It was the first time I was, I could say that I like entered depression or what I would describe as as being depressed, you know, I grew up very kind of happy, fun-loving kind of guy. But yeah, after feeling like I was at the height of my career, right? And you feel like you're catching stride. And, you know, I'm in, I'm in Vegas, I'm in my mid-20s, right? And I'm, I'm feeling accomplished. And then six months prior to being laid off, I learned I have heart disease, right? So that took a massive toll on just my psyche. And then um, after that, getting laid off <laughs> and then having heart surgery, it was just everything hit me at once. So yeah, that date, I will never forget, October 18th. And if anyone has been laid off or knows what that feels like, it's just not a good feeling, right? Uh, I remember people uh, running out of the office crying, you know, the phone calls going off the hook. And uh, it was kind of funny. I actually have the video of the day that I got laid off because it was rumored that people were going to get laid off um, at, at the UFC. And at that time, again, trying to keep people in good spirits, I brought Connect Four and I was playing against my, <laughs> my, my coworkers in Connect Four, just trying to keep people distracted. And uh, when my number got called, my, my uh, office line rang. They walked me over to uh, HR, gave me my severance package. And then my first question was, I said, hey, um, well, I still have my insurance. 
so I can get my heart surgery. So my first call was not to my girl, not to my family, was to my surgeon. I said, hey, I know I'm scheduled next year to get surgery, but is there any way you can rush this surgery? Because I just got laid off from my job. And so they were like, yeah, I come in next week. And that was it. So that's why it's such an important date for me, because, you know, I felt like I hit rock bottom from a professional standpoint and it affected me mentally and spiritually in such a drastic way that I still like, you know, deal with. Right, right. What a doomsy experience to kind of know one by one, we're like losing our job. That must've been such like a heavy energy. Was it, I'm like picturing a big corporate office, Markel, like what, what a weird day. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was crazy. Like, you know, in the movies, well, it was, I've only seen it in the movies. I, I think of, um, it was a Jim Carrey movie where he played God, uh, uh, Bruce Almighty. Yeah. And he got laid off and he, he was taking his box, his cardboard box out. And I have the video of me taking my cardboard, filling my cardboard box with all the items from my office that were essential to me and walking to my car Man. with that, you know, but I try to keep my spirits high and, and stay positive about it. Um, but, you know, again, hindsight, looking back, it was one of the biggest blessings because that led me to, you know, go deep within myself and read a lot of books and you know, go on YouTube and watch about affirmations. And I started listening to Oprah and, and started learning, learning about um, uh, like the universe and, and law of attraction, all that good stuff. So I went down these like rabbit holes to try to find a better psyche and find a deeper spiritual sense of things because, you know, I was, I think, you know, 26 or something at, at the time. And I was just like, why? Like, why am I going through this? Right. That that question that I'm sure a lot of us get, you know, at least once in our life of like, why is this happening to me? Yeah, yeah. Markel, it'd be so easy to like in that moment feel sorry for yourself, but it feels like that was like a huge pivot into this personal development and like spiritual path that you're on now, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, I remember you know, Carrie and I would, would like pray every night and then say like our affirmations and we would like meditate and visualize, um, to frequency tones. Um, and like after some weeks or maybe months afterwards, after getting laid off and, and practicing that, I just got a random phone call from my employer now creative artist agency. And they're the biggest sports and entertainment agency in the world. I didn't apply for this job. I knew no one at, at CAA. And I firmly believe that that was, you know, that, that was, that was God in, in my opinion or, or the universe or whatever you want to call it. Um, that led to me being where I'm at today and come full circle. Right. As you mentioned earlier, now I represent the <laughs> UFC's heavyweight champion of the world. And I worked at UFC. Right. So it was just amazing to have that feeling. And, and looking back on it, I'm just extremely grateful. Yeah. We're going to ask you about Francis later, but man, Markel, I think you're 
you're magnetic. Um, and I think anyone that knows you like can kind of feel that Clint will feel it at the end of this podcast. Um, it's just, you, you are an attractor and, um, it feels like the universe was like working its way through you on this journey, but keep, keep us, keep us going on the path. So you recovered from heart surgery, you land this job, keep, keep us going. Yeah. So, um, I, I officially started uh, February 13th of 2017, right? Um, and, you know, CAA is based in, well, one of their uh, main offices is based in LA. I was in Vegas at the time. They said, hey, you know, can you move out here? I said, okay, no, no problem. So they put me up in a Marriott um, for, for about a month or so and, until I found a spot. And then me and uh, one of my best friends happened to be moving at the same time. Uh, so we moved in together and then Carrie was still, sorry, uh, Carrie was still working in Vegas at the time. Right. So I kind of moved out of her place, uh, uh, moved to LA and then I just, just went to work. And if you know CAA or know like the Hollywood, um, corporate side of things, it's like, everyone's walking around in suits and, <laughs> you know, so, um, and the funny story, my first, my very first suit, uh, the UFC president Dana White purchased for me. Um, but that's another story for another time. Like my life is very much serendipitous, right? Um, so I I'm at CAA, and you know, I start, you know, just trying to put my head down and focus and recruit all these fighters. And Francis was one of my first official like signs right? Like as, as an agent. And I, again, like from a humble standpoint, I had no business <laughs> like getting the CAA job. Like that was just, just, just a blessing. Like, yeah, I'm a smart guy. Like I'm educated. Like I, I, I feel like, like I have talent, but at the same time, you know, I didn't go to like Ivy league school and, and my uncles and brothers weren't, you know, in Hollywood or actors or, you know, directors and stuff like that. So I was very much out of my element when working at, uh, starting out at CAA. Um, but I just believe in relationships more than, like, I hate resumes. I've never been a, a resume person because you can't understand a person's character through a resume or their integrity or their essence, right? Or their background, right? Like, I, and I've just always never wanted to be identified by, that like right like where I went to school or where I played sports or whatever I've always wanted to be you know identified of like hey Markel's a good human being right or he's a good dude or he's honorable or he's honest and he's respectful um and that's where I like hang my hat on all day long right because I understand in life like you're not gonna like everyone that you meet right but I always try to lead like with respect and hopes to earn respect back, yeah. you know? And, um, so that's, that's kind of been my, my resume is just trying to do good towards people and then good things happen, you know? Uh, but I found in my life and career, it's definitely the longer path, I think, um, to whatever destination, whether it's, it's success or, or this uh, notoriety or, or recognition, whatever it is, I feel like, um, and this is just my, my personal opinion, um, is like, you know how they say like nice guys finish last? 
Mm-hmm. Like, I don't necessarily believe that. I just feel like nice guys finish later. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like you know, like I, I found a lot of people take shortcuts and, you know, we see it in social media all the time. Right. Like, you know, the followers and we get this jealousy and, and you feel like that pressure to emulate or, or imitate what they're doing so you can get ahead or whatever. Um, but I've always tried to stay and I'm guilty of, of, of those thoughts as well, but I've always tried to stay like just grounded in what I believe, which is like, Hey, I know it may take a longer time, but by the time I get to the destination that I, I want to go, I will have nothing over my head, not a person, right. Or, or anything like that, or, you know, a bad feeling about, oh, I, I, I cheated to get here or I, or I did something that's, um, you know, uh, just a, a bad character to get here. I didn't subject myself to anything. Um, so yeah. Anyway. I love, I love that. Thanks for sharing that journey. I, it's, it's like, it's almost like, yeah, it might take us longer, but it's a more beautiful and complete and organic journey. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm, I'm really curious. So that when you started out being an agent, so a little background, I, I, in my former life, I was a lawyer for 10 years. I'm no longer anymore. Uh, I, I'm really curious about, I, I had some friends who went that, you know, into sports entertainment and into entertainment law. Mm-hmm. I, I was curious about if you face any challenges, um, going the agent route, um, not having a law degree. And if a lot of people that represent fighters, uh, do have law degrees. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, great question. Cause that's what I, I thought as well. Like when I started the job, I'm like, uh, they didn't ask me or require me to have a law degree. Like am I still, right. right. And so I was just like trying to just make my way. But what I found out was the majority of agents don't have a law degree at mm-hmm. all. Right. We have general counsel and we have lawyers within the company and then you or you can hire out. Right. And and have uh, a, a, an attorney, you know, kind of look over the contract. Right. To kind of right. sure all the languages that. So it was kind of a relief to me to know that, hey, like just because you're an agent, that doesn't mean that you're also redlining every contract. Right. right? But the, the meat of it, like the terms. Right. The 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 uh the obviously the money and all that good stuff should be negotiated by the agent themselves but once i would uh, you know have a verbal if you will um or just have the 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 deal kind of negotiated in principle right then i send that over to our our legal team and make sure that all of our necessary language is there or or hey like they're asking for exclusivities on this i don't like it let's change it here. And, and that's how, how it's kind of done. And, you know, to your question of in the MMA space, are most lawyers? No, absolutely not. I, I think in other, in other sports and other, like just kind of entertainment spaces, I guess you'll probably see more uh, agents that also practice law. Right. right. Um, however, in MMA, I would say it's maybe less than 10%. Interesting. Um, you know, yeah, when I found out, you know, again, just learning about the space, you know, a fighter's, a, a UFC's fighter's best friend can be his manager and agent mm-hmm. or his gym buddy or his coach, right? So it's very like behind if you're stacking it up against, right, like the NFL, 
right right like your ex-husband um uh played for the chiefs right like that's it's a different world because i'm sure his agent and our manager right like their peers are very much have been in the space for a long time or have you know uh taken the 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 um uh the test to be to be an accredited agent and all that good stuff so there's no test that you have to take to be an mma agent um, or anything like that. There's no associations, right? There's no no fighters union, unfortunately. So it's kind of like the wild, wild west. Gotcha. Such a different experience. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. That's um. It's it just seems like you were in you were open to it at the right place in the right time, and then and then we're able to just step into it. Like you said, the phone just kind of magically rang at that right time, and you didn't need the law degree. And honestly, like with a lawyer's background, a little a big secret is that like. They really don't teach you how to do any of this stuff in law school anyways. It's just kind of like it's a resume thing, right? You, you learn some stuff and yeah, you learn some skills, but you really learn how to be an agent or whatever type of lawyer you're going to be, whatever you're going to do on the job, getting yeah. the experience. So it's so cool that you were able to step into this space before that was like, you know, some like requirement that might have like kept you from stepping up, you know, through the door initially. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, that transition, yeah, it kind of like worked out, right? Because when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do after I was laid off, um, I just didn't know what was available to me, right? Like mm-hmm. UFC is like the top from a standpoint of like promotion. And I was even considering like going outside of the sport, right? And just leveraging the knowledge that I have on the marketing side, you know, so I had... um I was in like my third round of interviews with uh, the Denver Nuggets. So um, I got to the final round of the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was looking at all of that. Um, actually, Carrie and I were getting ready to um, to like put an offer in on a place in Denver at the time. And then that's when I got the random phone call. So it worked out. The reason why I ended up going in that direction was because, one, I'm from I'm from Cal- Southern California, right? So I was going to be closer uh, to my family. I was four months out of heart surgery, right? So that was that was important. And then, uh, and then once I had my interview at CAA, it was such a fancy place. I know this is kind of like, I don't, I, I don't think people should follow this advice. But I was like, there's got to be something good here, like. <laughs> It's like marble stairway cases. (laughs) So I'm like, let me just get my foot in the door and just let's see what happens from there. And and so I've been there four years since and and it's been been great. It's been a very steep learning curve because literally I'm I'm, you know, down the hall from Dwayne Wade's agent and right, like all these big time players and athletes that I grew up loving and watching. It's their agents across the office from me, right? And then when I go downstairs, I meet, you know, uh, have you guys ever seen the, the show Game of Thrones? Yes. Okay, so uh, the, the directors of Game of Thrones are represented by, you know, one of the head guys at CAA. And he's like my mentor and best friend, right? Like, because he loves MMA as well. And uh, so he and I hit it off. And then I go downstairs and it's, and it's uh, Reese Witherspoon walking in and out. And I see, you know, uh, uh, Ashton Kutcher. Like, it's just crazy to me. And I was just like, what a, a guy like me coming from a place where I'm from in my, you know, background and upbringing. I'm like, how did I get here? 
So I just, I just counted a blessing every time. That is so amazing. I, I love hearing that. What, what a cool story. And now here you are representing the, you know, <laughs> reigning heavyweight champion in the UFC, Francis Ngannou. Uh, so I, I'm curious, yeah, how your journey went from being an agent to then linking up with him. And he has a fascinating story. And now to be at the top, can you just talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah, 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 for sure. It was, it was pretty um, kind, kind of like insider information, right? Because I worked at UFC, I kind of knew who they had their eyes on. Right. But once I got to the agent side, I said, let me try to go get those guys. And Francis was, was one of them. And Francis, um, I was so like, like, you know, enamored by his story. Obviously, you know, he's in the heavyweight division, which is always kind of like the king when it comes to combat sports. Right. Like, you know, you grow up watching boxing and it's it's Muhammad Ali or it's or it's uh, Mike Tyson. I didn't grow up for Muhammad Ali, but you know what I'm saying? Um, and the fact that he was from Africa was just like 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 I loved everything about him. So I called I got in touch with him through a person at UFC who I used to work with, got his number. He was living in Paris at the time. He was visiting Las Vegas. Right. And I lived in Vegas for 12 years. So I just went out there. Um, took him to lunch at the Wynn Hotel. I had a, a, a presentation that I created and showed him all the bells and whistles of, of just like what I saw about CAA, right? I was just like, hey, CAA place, they got marble everywhere. And we all, no, I didn't say all that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I, I did my pitch and I didn't sign him right away. It, it took me a year of kind of courting what we call it um francis for him to kind of grow more trust in me have a better sense of who i am what the business um is what my vision for him was and yeah so when he decided to sign with me i was like over the moon and you know to look back on it now that he's heavyweight champion of the world like it's so again just humbling because Man, I, I cried. I cried when it happened just because I worked so hard. <laughs> like, and I don't mean to make this about me because I didn't earn, I didn't win the, the, the damn title, right? Like that's all him. But people have to understand like in your respective profession or whatever it is, like that was my, my moment, right? That was my Super Bowl to see your client it's kind of like if, if you're representing, so Richard Lovett, the president of CA, I believe his first client or one of his first clients was Tom Cruise, okay? So when you sign Tom Cruise, when he's just getting on Top Gun or, or whatever his first kind of movie was, and then you see that, that, that growth and that trajectory turn into Tom Cruise winning an Oscar. I don't know if he won an Oscar before, but that's, the best apples to apples comparison, right? Like it's like if you watch that player go from college to the Super Bowl in football and you're with them and you see the ins and outs, you see the frustrations on that end and you see the deals that fall through and, and the screaming and this and the late nights and it and it culminates to that. That for me was like, man, I can I can retire. They can fire me. You know what I mean? They can they can kick me off because at least I can say, you know, I was a part of, of that. You know what I mean? And, and that's just a special, special place to be. Man, 
And can you, can you talk about that? Like the energy of that night, that moment, what that fight meant, like all, all of that, Markel. Yeah. So I'll give you, you guys even, even more uh, juicy details. So um, it, it's, it's, it's been a four year run with Francis and I so far. Right. And a part of the strategy was, Hey, do no deals. Right. Cause in, in our sport, you can do a deal almost after every fight, a new deal, right? So let's say your average fight deal means, hey, you're fighting with UFC for eight fights. You owe us eight fights, and then you can do whatever you want. But each fight that you do, you're going to make this, and you're going to make this, okay? And if you become champion, you're going to make this. So as Francis is winning and winning, there's multiple offers, right? Hey, you know what? You're doing great. Let's sign you up for another eight fights let's say you know and we just said nope nope so we're just taking fights off right we're we're abiding by our contract but um he's in a, a position of 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 leverage right it's just like hey you know i'm sure you know harry potter or whatever you know when they had 10 movies or so they're she was probably all only contracted to do one if 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 or, or slight few they probably didn't her first duel was probably not 10 for eight movies, right? Um, so when, when, when Francis had the opportunity to do the deals and we said, hey, let's just keep winning, right? Let's bet on ourselves and put ourselves in a better position to really like earn some, some leverage, right? Because that's what it's all about. And uh, the week of the fight, so I'm in Francis's corner and, and we're going uh, back and forth, you know, like, or I'm in the background having negotiations with UFC. And it's so hard not to do, right, like a deal at that time. But our, our vision was always, you know what, we'll do a deal after he's champion, right? Because it doesn't make sense, right? On my end, yes, it's, it's kind of like found money. I can say yes and, and secure myself a deal. But we looked at each other, Francis and I, and just like, hey, like, this is what we set out to do. It's all good. And we're going to see. We're going to live and die off, off of what we Love believe. It. You know? So, yeah, this is the first chill. time. It. Yeah. This so there was so much more on the table than, like, someone might, might that's watching might not know, right? Like, people don't even know. Like, MMA media has no idea. Right, right. No idea. Like, this is the first time I'm sharing this, right? Like, like, like publicly. That's so cool. And uh, it was, and that's why it was just like so special because it was like, not that the UFC is against us or we're against the UFC, but it had that feeling of us against the world. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's like, yes, like all of, like it happened just the way we envisioned it, mm -hmm. you know? So now he's the champion of the world. And, you know, I, I just remember, man, just like thanking God in the octagon because I, I am a firm believer in like, you know, uh, affirmations and positive thinking and all that good stuff, even though I'm, I'm sometimes terrible at it, right? Like I don't do it every day or as much as I should. Like, I think 99.9% .9 of the world is like that, right? It's just, you know, but when I do put those things into effect, often, more often than not, like the results are amazing. And that was proof living proof i'm telling you like if you saw my notebook like katie you know carrie right like 
Carrie is amazing. Like, I can't understand how she still deals with me and puts up with me, you know, still to this day. But she has seen how stressed I've been and like how many nights I just want to like throw in the towel or like I'm just like, oh, it's not worth it or I'm doing this wrong or I question myself or I do this. And then those moments also she saw of me like writing down ideas like, okay, we're going to negotiate this way. This is what we're going to do. Like this is how it's going to work out. This is who we're going to fight next. And for it to come out exactly like how we we planned it, I, I couldn't have wrote it any better, honestly. Oh, Markel, you are magnetic. Um, <laughs> man, Markel, can you talk about, you know, in the spirit of the space between like that environment, that pressure, that anxiety, that energy, but also like trying to stay Zen and stay grounded and make good decisions. Like, how do you balance that? Ooh, um, man, the way that I balance it again, I don't, advise people to, to, to copy what I'm doing or whatever, because it may be the total wrong way. But in those times of like sheer, like anxiety and frustration and all that, um, I try to try to quit. I oftentimes like have a conversation with God, meaning like, I'm like, I know all of this is, is not for naught right? Like I'm here for something, right? Like I didn't ask to be a uh, MMA agent. Like, please believe me. Like I didn't grow up wanting to be an MMA agent, right? I, so I always kind of question like there must be, or, or I have this thought of like, there must be some reason, right? Whether it's impacting one of my fighters' lives in a positive way, or whether it's, you know, uh, hiring someone or, or, or I don't know, like doing something good at the agency. I always try to believe that there's a reason behind the reason, yeah. right? Like my reason may be one thing, right? It's like, hey, I want to make money. Hey, I want to represent clients. Hey, I want to do a good job. I want to rock suits and, you know, great. But there's a reason behind the reason that I feel that I try to put more trust in. Yeah. And when I do that, um, you know, my other balance is, you know, my, my, my circle, which I, I don't really open up to a lot of people in that sense, or let people know how stressed I am or how anxious I am. Only Carrie gets that. And my, my parents kind of get the spillover because they see me and how hard, <laughs> like I work um, around here. And, and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I lean on Carrie a lot. Like she, she reminds me of who I am and like, and like the talent that I have, like I'm, I'm, I'm sure like many of us are, are our worst critics. Me, I'm so self-critical. Like I've never really believed in myself. I just really started believing in myself maybe, maybe a year ago. And I can say that with absolute like certainty, right? Like, Believing in myself, it, it just never came natural to me. But, you know, like it, it, it would always make me cringe when people would say, you know, my family would say, like, you're special or you you're you have a good heart or because I just didn't really get it. Right. I didn't really understand. Right. Like Carrie speaking like life into me. I did. I just didn't get it. Right. Like I think men have this with their significant others all the time. 
right? Um, but yeah, that was that was like when you just said like I have a, a magnetic spirit, like it's it still kind of makes me cringe a little bit because I would used to always internalize it as added pressure or added weight. And then I would also see it as like, how, how can see, like, we don't know each other like that. Like, she's just saying that. Like, that's bullshit. Right. You know, but now I'm trying to accept it more and just like, in my mind, when you say that, I'm like, okay, allow myself to be like magnetic or allow myself to believe or at least trust in what others are saying. Mm -hmm. So, um, sorry, I'm like on a tangent, I feel. But uh, I have now, you know, it's, it's, it's been about a year that I've kind of stepped into trying. And again, it's a daily practice, right? Uh, hit or miss of where I actually believe in myself. Like, I actually think I'm a genius. <laughs> like, like, I actually, and, oh, and that hurts to even, like, say that because I, please, 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 I swear to God, I'm, I'm my mom. My, my, my best friend in the world. Like, I do not mean to say I'm better than anyone. But I've always felt like I've had great ideas or potential and talent. But I would always dumb myself down in fear of what others might judge of me to say that I, I, I can't even, almost can't even explain it now. But I, I, I write on my, my little, I have these big post-its. I stick them up on the wall, uh, Clint, and I always just write ideas. Like I'll wake up at three in the morning, like with, with a business idea and stuff like that. I, I swear to you, it's, it's crazy. And I, like the NFT thing, I did an NFT thing. So I recognize art, right? And I was thinking about NFT, like, okay, did your buddy do an NFT with that or something? But when I did Francis's, for example, and it did great numbers and it was very wildly successful, I had that vision, like in the middle of the night, I woke up, wrote it down, executed it, and just kind of believed in myself because it's been within that, that hour of, uh, I mean, that year of time of me believing in myself, and it went great. And it was almost my own validation of like, mm -hmm. I knew I was a fucking genius. Like yes. I was smart, like I recognized it. <laughs> right, you know, right. I, I try to encourage people now, or I gain uh, uh, encouragement from others of like, just believe in your, it's cliche to say, hey, believe in yourself. But like, if you feel that you have this something, right, trust it, implement it, and like, keep feeding it. So I keep on telling, like, I added to my Instagram, like, genius AF. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. and it's not for other people, it's for me. But I need to also be okay with sharing that with other people. I love that. Um, you just said so much, so much brilliance and so much wisdom. Honestly, I appreciate you sharing all of that. I'm so curious what, what changed for you? You said a year ago, you changed and you started believing yourself like outwardly and like, yeah, owning it. I, I am a genius. I've got this. What changed for you a year ago? What was that secret formula for you? Man, I, I, I think it's, it was probably, um, a collection of the frustration, like spilling over, right? A collection of like, like uh, this constant feeling of like, I'm good at something, but I just don't know what, right? Or 
like all this kind of like doubt, like these little micro doses of doubt that you give yourself, right? Like you're almost started a business, but you pull back. You almost do this, but you pull back and you almost, right? Those, those little micro doses that like keep you at, at bay, right? And it's not until like, it just, it was probably just out of frustration. I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like no one else knows about this or is going to give me that title if I'm not going to give it to myself. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Right? You could probably apply that to so, so many things, but I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to start claiming that, like, I'm a genius. Like, why not? Like, who, who gives out the genius awards? Like, how do you measure genius? Right? Like, like how, how can someone say that, that that painting behind you is not genius? It is. It is genius. Oh, because it is. Yeah. Right? And it's, the, and it's your friend's, you know, recognition of his genius that made him apply his genius to the art. Right. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm just like, okay, like, fuck it. Like, I'm good at this. Like, I'm, I'm so good at this. Mm-hmm. And I just, and I just believe it. So I just start, I've been trying to figure out other things that I want to like, just come out and like, you know, Superman chest it out and just like, okay, I'm good at this too. And this too. But so far it's just like ideas. <laughs> I love it. So did you start bringing this, like this attitude with you, like to like meditations and to your, did your, did your kind of your, your affirmations change about a year ago where you just started saying this every day to yourself? How did that actually implement itself? Yeah. So my, uh, my affirmation, maybe not my, my meditations, uh, thus far, my meditation, I try to like slow my mind down because mm-hmm. I'm always racing. But outwardly in my affirmations, I've been saying it a lot more. Like almost every day I go in um, uh, and see my parents and they're like watching TV and I'll just be hype after like a business call or learning about cryptocurrency or or doing something or thinking of an idea. And I go in there, I walk past them. I say, we're going to be millionaires one day. Watch. I, I swear. And, they, and at first they like smile. And then they like have a little like, ha, ha, ha. And now I know that they know that I'm serious. Yeah. Like it's almost like been contagious. Like, like they actually believe it because I actually believe it. And I don't know. I gave up on thinking of how. That's another thing. I gave up the how. And I learned this because I was just, when we were just in Kansas City, I was talking to my nephew and he wants to be an actor. Right. Um, and I've even take, taken some acting classes and stuff like that. And I was talking to him and I said, write down. I, I oh, because my nephew, he's like 14 or 15 years old. He's been writing these like fantasy scripts. I mean, like character breakdowns on a notepad. And me, I just want to give him encouragement. I'm like, man, this is great. This is great. This is great. I'm like, what I want you to do now. And I try to give him like little homework. I say, go watch films and characters that you like and write those down. Then I want you to find out who wrote those characters like you, right? Or the director is a writer. Try to find that out. And I said, and then I want you to write, find out where they went to school or where did they go to NYU film school or USC? I said, write that down. I said, it's important that you write it down. And I said, this is why I want you to set your sights. I say, what you're doing by writing these scripts, I say, you're doing the work. 
that's that's the hard part and that's and that's the the most important part in my opinion i said but alongside you doing the work i want you to think about the destination now so you're doing the work and you have the destination i said the stuff in between the how you're going to get there i said leave that alone i said that is none of your business i said guess who gets to do that i said that's god I said, the how, do not interrupt with that. I said, just do the work and have the vision, right? So to put it back on, 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 on my life, that was my advice to, to my nephew and how I've, how I've looked at it and how it, it performed in my life was, okay, remember, I, I wanted to do the work and sign Francis and Ghana, okay? So I went with well, my presentation, did my pitch, did my spiel, right? Quartered them for a year. That's doing the work, okay? Then I had all this ideas that I mentioned earlier about how, you know what I mean? What it's gonna look like uh, when he's champion. I, when I would talk to brands and marketing brands and stuff like that, like he's the next, speaking into existence, right? He's the next heavyweight champion of the world. The how, I left alone. I don't know how I got to CAA. I honestly don't know how he picked me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know how all of the other factors came, came into play, but they did. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm just constantly like trying to apply that of like, hey, we're going to be millionaires. Do I know how? No. Right. Part of my work is just trying to be active, do my, do my job, do my due diligence. Like, you know, I can't just sit on my hands and say it, right? Faith without works is dead. So I, I, I've been studying all morning these crypto stuff and, and investments, and I, and I still always do my ideas and think about real estate and all that. Do I know how or what's going to, you know, it could be a collection of everything. It could just be one, what if I got in Dogecoin, right? Or, or you know, the next Dogecoin, and that makes me a millionaire. That's none of my business. I'm just going to do the work now. Flint, I know you're like dying. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to jump in with the cryptocurrency stuff. I'm, I've been huge in the crypto space since oh, like 2017. Am I that bored? <laughs> no, 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 no. She just knows I have all these questions I want to ask about crypto. So she's just sitting the floor oh, to me. So thank, thank you, Katie. Um, yeah, I, I have so many questions. So yeah, when did you, when did you first get into crypto? shit um a few months ago uh, okay okay so pretty recently right on yeah. man welcome welcome we're happy to have you yeah no thank thank you man like <laughs> okay so 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 here's how again everything's like like weird i don't know i just stumble upon stuff um i was on clubhouse mm -hmm. i downloaded clubhouse and i hated it right away i'm like people are just talking about nonsense on here mm -hmm. and then I, uh, in, in when the pandemic hit actually like in 2016, Gary mm -hmm. and I invested in Tesla kind of by accident. Mm -hmm. Okay. Never touched it, never revisited until 2020, early 2020. Right. So then we got more Tesla and then that ran up. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now we're like, Ooh, got the investment bug. Right. So then we started investing in stocks and, and, right. and, and whatever. 
Okay. And then I try to start learning about options and I don't recommend that. Like I, I hate that. And then, uh, you know, lo- lost a lot of money, you know, and, and made some money. So now I have this like investment bug again, like no one in my family that I know of has ever invested in, in stocks. Right. It's just like not common, especially like in, in, in the black community. It's just not heard of. My parents don't know nothing about it. Right. So I'm like all excited, like, hey, man, like we should invest in this and, and this is why and, and this, that and the other. So I go on Clubhouse and I'm and I it says like investing and NFTs. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and then I'm like, what is this NFT stuff? It's like right. an investment thing or whatever. So that took me down. Like I'm very much like a rabbit hole person. Like as fast as I'm talking, that's how my mind is. So I go onto the NFTs. So that's what sparked the idea. And I did the NFT and that went great. And then they were like, you can buy an NFT with a credit card and debit card or Ethereum. I'm like, what is Ethereum? So on Moves podcast, we have like a crypto guy. And I'm like, so what is all this shit? Like, all I've heard of Bitcoin. Obviously, it's like crazy. And he's like, he says something that's like Bitcoin and, and Ethereum was different. Mm-hmm. And here's why. And at the time, Ethereum was like 900 bucks. Right. So I was like, I was like, I should get this right now. I should get it right now. But I didn't get it right now. Oh. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, because, because you know why? I thought it was actually now I remember it. We had the podcast on a Friday at like noon. And then when, when, uh, when we said, when I checked on during the podcast, okay, it was 900. And when I, when we got off the podcast, it was like 105. Okay. So stock market terms, days closed. Right. Crypto is still going. I did not know that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. 24 hour market. I, I thought I was like, shoot, I I'll wait until Monday. Oh no! What was it then? Thirteen hundred. Ah, yeah. Thirteen hundred, and then and then we got in. We got a couple coins, and then uh, and then yeah, that was that was it. That's great. We, we've seen the recent run up, and mm-hmm. we got we got some a, a few more, mm-hmm. and now it's crazy. Now I'm like, I told my parents because I always go to my parents and be like, yeah, we're gonna be millionaires. I'm like. I'm like Ethereum and I know nothing, right? I'm like, right. Ethereum is going to be at 10,000 in five years. Watch. No, and, I, I'll, take, I'll take the over on this year. Right. So <laughs> now I'm like on these wormholes literally every day for the past two weeks. I just like, I, I follow Crypto Banter and uh, BitBoy yeah. and these other uh, things just trying to learn. Who did you have on your podcast? Um. Jeez, why is his name slipping me? I gotta, I, I, I'll, I'll get the name for you. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, no worries, no worries. I'll check out that podcast too. I, I listened to a couple of your episodes already. It's, it's a. But it's a good one, man. yeah, so that's once I saw the Ethereum, and then I thought you have to have you know 60k to buy Bitcoin, and then mm-hmm. someone was like, no, you can get Coinbase. So we got Coinbase, and Carrie like moved a lot of her stocks over to Coinbase and we started getting Ethereum and uh, Bitcoin, right? Awesome. Just like a little bit here and there. And then, so I get on crypto banter, I'm learning about altcoins. 
And mm-hmm. obviously you see Dogecoin or whatever. And I'm like, I don't even <laughs> understand this. And we watched the SNL thing. And I just didn't believe in, 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 in Doge, but now it's running up again. So right. now I'm like studying altcoins. Right. They, I, think, I think Dogecoin, they just announced that Coinbase announced that they're going to be listing on Coinbase. So it's going to have much more access to the masses. So that's, uh, Katie, I think I've told you before, that, that's a meme coin. It's, it's kind of wild and hilarious, but uh, um, yeah. Are you into it? So you said 2017? Yeah, I got into crypto in 2017, and so I've been I've been holding. I started going to conferences back then. I saw that you're going to Bitcoin Miami coming up, right? Uh, yes. Are you Are you going to go to that? I'm not going to be at that one. My nephew's going to be there. I told him to, to look out for you, and, and Francis is going too, right? Yeah. Let Let me know. So we just got lucky. Um, mm-hmm. w- one of his sponsors is a big crypto guy, and I'm mm-hmm. just learning. so he invited us. So I'm like, yo, we need to rub elbows with everybody. Definitely. That's how I feel like crypto is the future. And, you know, people like yourself, you know, 2016 and 2017, when I meet people that's been in it from this, I'm like, please teach me something. <laughs> we're like, it's only been a few years, but we're like seasoned vets in the crypto space because it's so emergent. It's crazy. Um, I want to ask you about, you said you're doing an NFT with Francis. Yeah. Um, do you know what, do you know what platform you're going to do that on yet? So, so the, we, we've done one already. Um, okay. And we did it on Maker's Place okay. at the time because of the fact that um, it allowed for um, purchase via Ethereum and or debit and credit card, right? So it's like easy onboarding. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we do our next one, you know, we love the Maker's Place people. They're, they're awesome. So we may go back there or we may go, you know, s- somewhere else. I don't know. It, it, it depends. Like if, if, if. And I don't know the rules of this, of like, you know, people are pumping these altcoins, mm-hmm. right? And, there, and there's so many NFT marketplaces like popping up. So let's say if a NFT marketplace um, and to purchase the NFT, it only allows you to purchase via Dogecoin, mm-hmm. right? right? If someone big has an NFT on that and an MMA fan who doesn't purchase Dogecoin or knows nothing about it, once that Francis Ngannou NFT, they're going to get some Dogecoin just to get the, right. the Francis NFT, right? And, and thus, I think it'll raise the value of whatever that particular coin is. Oh, that's definitely. Like, definitely I, will. Right. So I don't know if that's kind of like insider training. It's, it's, it feels kind of shady, but like, <laughs> like, you know, maybe there's an altcoin that's 0.0011 cent right now. Mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, a fraction of a penny. But if they then have an NFT platform and then Francis gets on it, then it's just going to skyrocket, I think. I don't Absolutely, know. yeah. So what did you, you pick for the for his first NFT? And so Katie, just to, it's, I, I described this to Katie as like an NFT is kind of like a, a trading card come to life, right? It's like, it's like, it's like a, a video clip of like a knockout. I'm guessing you have a knockout blow or something like that or a submission. No, no. So um, you can't have any footage from UFC. As oh, okay, UFC owns all of those. So we actually were the first MMA, like UFC fighter, to ever drop an NFT, right? So we had static uh, images. They had a little bit of an- animation to it, mm-hmm. but it was done by the artist named Boss Logic. Okay. Okay. So Boss Interesting. Logic, yeah, Boss Logic is very uh, well known in both 
the NFT space and the MMA space. So that's why I reached out to him. And, and thankfully he said yes. And he already had 2 million followers of his own, mm-hmm. right? And Francis had 2 million at the time. So with, with that, it just like boomed. And it was, it was just an awesome drop. And we got in early. The only two athletes that did it before us were Gronkowski and Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys are way early on that. That's amazing. Um, I didn't know kind of that background about who owned the rights to all that stuff. It makes a lot of sense, though. Um, that's so cool that you just go dove into crypto and now here you are like the forefront, like leading the game with NFTs, man. That, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just diving in stuff, man, like head first, because, you know, I, I also just like, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to wait. I want to take some risks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, obviously, you want to you know, have some savings on the side or whatever. Not, I'm not advising people to dump all their money in, right. in the crypto or stocks or whatever, but, you know, try to have, have some fun and just learn. Like you can't learn it unless you do it. True. Right? Yes. Until you have like skin in the game, you're not going to like look at the, at, at, at the open and close, right? Like you're not gonna, you know, of, of, of a stock. Right. And, and until I, I bought Ethereum, I didn't give a damn about, right. company, you know, it was, but now it's, it's over what? 4,100 today. Yep. I think yep. Back, o- back over 4,100 today. Looking good. Yeah. <laughs> Clint, Clint's like, actually this second it is. At- <laughs> you have to I, get- I do not check. I keep my crypto portfolio away during interviews. Oh, wow. <laughs> Katie, are you not in crypto? I don't understand this. I, I like, I don't understand it. Like I literally like Clint will talk and I'm like, so when are we going to speak English? Like <laughs> I, 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 one day, like I need to just sit down and like digest it. But I, it's like, um, I think sometimes when people like, for me, I love talking about like emotions and the universe and energy. And for some people are like, Katie, so when are you going to speak English? And for me, like crypto is that I'm like, so pushed out of my comfort zone with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not, not, not my thing of interest, but I'm trying to open my mind. Well, 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 Katie, if you can share my info with Clint, Clint, if you have any thoughts or ideas or definitely man, like let's get a telegram chat going and we'll, we'll share some strategies and talk, man. I love it. I always love talking. Markel, you and Miles should have Clint for like a, for a moves episode. Yes. That's actually a great idea. We'd love to have you on, man. Sure, I would love to. Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to, man. It sounds like fun. Perfect. Yes, crypto is is. I'm I'm like all in. I I, <laughs> I swear I'm I'm addicted to this stuff. So, man, Markel, I I know that we have to let you go soon. This could go on for hours. Um, but speaking of the podcast, um, what led you to start your podcast with Miles? And I feel like you talked to so many guests in different fields. Yeah. What are, what have you learned? What are some of the key takeaways? Um, what I've learned is that it's not easy to do a podcast, <laughs> um, but it's 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 fun, you know. Like I think, um, again, the reason why we started the podcast is because I just love learning about other things that I I just don't know. Like I never try to be an expert in just one thing. I like to know a little bit about a lot. You know what I mean? And then I pick and choose what I want to go further into, right? So that way I'm never out of my element at the dinner table, you know, if if any one particular subject comes up. So that's basically, you know, when when Miles and I, uh, he would always like come over, we'd hang out. We're just like, hey, let's start a podcast, right? Because uh, he, much like myself, 
again, we're kind of like risk takers and always think of ideas and always just want to try something. So we're like, hey, let's start a podcast. What are we going to call it? I don't know. But what do we want to, you know, who do we want to talk to? And I'm like, everyone. <laughs> I mean, everyone that is, is, you know, like, I think I actually said it. Anyone that's making moves like in whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, like, that's cool to me, right? It's like, oh, wait, you're making moves in crypto? Like, how? What? Why? When? Where? You see what I'm saying? And then that's that's how like the moves thing was born. And then I always on the business side, like from an MMA thing, like with Francis, I was like, bro, it's like chestnut checkers. Trust me, that means being strategic, like thinking three, four steps ahead, right, of of the opposition. So I'm always like, that's how the moves podcast was born. It's just like those those steps, that strategic moves, right? So. And that's just how my world works. Like when I'm thinking about crypto, I'm not thinking about right now. I'm not thinking about Dogecoin. I'm thinking right. about what will Dogecoin or altcoins like a Dogecoin be five years from now, right? That I can invest in now. Right, right. And exactly. Up and I was like, ah, okay. That's why I invested in Dogecoin. You see? So, um, but yeah, so, sorry, what was your question? I got I didn't ask you. <laughs> you kind of, you did, you did. What led you to the podcast and then what are you learning? But it sounds like you're learning a shit ton because everything. everyone's coming from different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. I wish, I wish I had more, more time and, and work to, to do it, you know, and again, I'm so scatterbrained, um, but it's been such a fun process. Yeah. Talking to people of, of different walks of lives and, and professions. And again, like after that, um podcast that we did with with uh damn i can't think of his name the crypto guy right that's what got me into crypto right right it's just such an exposure to learning so much like we're on the same journey with just starting the podcast and it is it is just so fun to hear people's whys right like why did they do this and like it just opens our minds to just things that we might not have thought about before right exactly And, and look like you know everyone I feel like should have a podcast or listen to podcasts at the very least, because it is just that it's like, everyone has a different story, right? Everyone can add value. You can get value from any, from any and everyone, right. Yes. And, and anything. And I just, I just think it's important, especially like, if you like people like ourselves that are very like inquisitive and, 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 and want to connect with other people. Like that's why I love like being a guest on podcasts. So thank you guys for having me on. And then I, also just like to interview people. I just like to talk. I'm not trying to be Joe Rogan. I don't need a Spotify deal. You know what I mean? Like, that's great. But at the end of the day, I just like to talk to people. Yeah. And I think like, Markel, I think you're like, you're inspiring because you owning that you're genius as fuck. I think that um, we all are. And everyone has a different one. And I think if we all could own our genius, damn, this world would be even more rad than it already is. So I love, I love that you're like owning that, even if it makes you cringe, even if it makes you a little uncomfortable. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a genius. You know what I mean? It may not be your type of genius, but it's my genius. I'm I'm a genius, you know? Yes. yes. Clint, do you have any last questions before we get out of here? I think I just have one. I was, I was listening to you talk in an interview, Markel, about a habit that you picked up. I'm always trying to like incorporate different habits into my life and to share them with people and find out what works. The one that stuck out to me was the waking up at 4.30 in the morning thing. Are you still yeah. doing that? 
No. So <laughs> good because I didn't want to do that one. Tell me it didn't work and it sucked. I'm dying. What was no, it like? No, I, I I love it. I just don't like. It's kind of like when you say like, uh, you know, eat in moderation or, or do things in moderation, mm-hmm. right? Um, I love it. That's one of my most favorite like repeatable habits. Yet I haven't adopted it until like. 24 7 365 mm-hmm. like i'll go on like a month to the most i've done it was three months straight wow so that's so impressive far. but um like this morning uh i think we woke up like a, a quarter to five or something like that i uh, slept in today huh oh uh, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, i i just liked it i i got it from a, a business insider article someone did it for 21 days straight and like the key takeaway was like that person was just so much more productive mm-hmm. and like wh- where are you based clint i'm in long beach california okay both of you are in long beach okay so have you been uh like on a business trip to um new york yep i don't yes. doesn't it feel good when you when you're up in the morning working and the people on the west coast aren't even out of bed yet mm-hmm that's like it's a psychological thing now that's one of my reasons as to why i think new yorkers are are the way that they are that's one of my reasons right i'm sure there's a lot of other variables but it's because the reason why new yorkers are also like passionate or like business hungry or whatever just have that like you know when a person's from new york right right? (laughs) that that kind of like fire and edge is kind of like it's because they wake up earlier than us it makes I, sense. It does. You know what I mean? Like when I was doing doing 4:30 every morning, like you get this confidence. Like I'm up and other people are sleeping, so right. I'm minimum, you know, 2 3 hours ahead of them. Right. Right? And then I also disliked it because it's so quiet. Right? Like your your emails aren't blasting off the hook and text mm-hmm. messages aren't blasting off the hook. You know, there's no reason to be, you know, on social media that early. Right. Right. So you get time to yourself. So I would use that for like my time to like meditate or pray or read or, you know, it just eases into my day. A lot of times, even even still, it's like when I wake up, I hate waking up at like seven or seven thirty because then I feel rushed. You know what I mean? Because now I'm like, do I have time to work out? Like, okay, well, maybe I'll get a quick workout in and okay, I'll make a shake or blah, blah, blah. But by the time I, I finish my breakfast or take a shower, you know, I got to hop on this work call or, or, or whatever. But when it's 4.30, shoot, this, <laughs> you know. That's this your work, time. Write your own adventure. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'll take a damn nap. Let me, you know, let me go to the store. Let me do this. Let me do that. Like, so that's, that's, I highly recommend you try it out. I would try it for 21 days first, mm-hmm. right? And then, like, if you get it, I'll, I'll pay you. I'll pay you if, you if you're able to do it for 21 days straight. It's so hard. <laughs> I bet it is. I bet. Especially when your sleep schedule isn't adjusted to it first, that, that getting your sleep schedule and still I, sticking with it and rolling out of bed then, right? I tell people all the time, like, you don't know how mentally weak you are until you try to wake up 21 days straight at 4.30 a.m. and not mm-hmm. go back to bed. Mm-hmm. your mind will literally play tricks on you your <laughs> mind will say clint we were up last night 
making crypto trades. It's not healthy for you to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, not have more than eight hours of sleep. Go back to bed. What are you trying to prove? Like your brain will talk to you. Like it'll, it'll <laughs> try it. I'm so excited for you. I, I will try it. Katie and I are doing 75 hard right now. I'm going to wait till we're done with this one. But then, uh, yeah, it sounds like we have a new challenge, Katie. Oh, that's the workout thing, right? Yeah. Okay. It's more than a workout thing. Clint, lay it out for Markel. It's uh, drink a gallon of water a day, read 10 pages a day, no alcohol, um, and two workouts a day. One of them has to be outdoor, two, two four to five minute workouts a day. One of them has to be outdoors and pick a diet of your choosing, stick to it. No cheap meals, no cheap bites, no exceptions, 75 days. 75 days? Yeah, we're on, I'm on day 40. Katie's on day 41. Wow. Yeah. yeah it, but it's, it's mindset, kind of like the 21 days. Our, our brain's playing tricks on us. It's like, Katie, it's fine. You look fine. You're not trying to lose weight. What are you doing? Like, who, what are you trying to prove? Like our brain does all that. Right. So it's like, no, I committed to this. I'm disciplined. I can do hard things like, man. Oh my goodness. Okay. My hat's off to you, to you both. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks. We haven't made it all the way yet, but yeah, right. same experiences this week where I'm like, I, I don't really need to do this. This is even healthy for me. Like I'm getting injured now. Like, and it's like, tell my, my, my mind telling me like, there, this is bad for you. You should do something different. You know, <laughs> do workout today. Are you guys feeling results? Yeah, yeah. Like my, like you have to also take a progress picture every day, Markel. So like, I, I wasn't feeling results, but then when I saw like day one versus where I'm at now, I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. There, there is some progress, but for me, like, it's not even about that. It, it's, it's the mindset thing. And some of our workouts, like, I think I worked out harder, Clint, before, because I could actually like go hard in the gym. But it's like now when you're doing two a day for right. 75 days, and I'm 34 years old, I'm like, right. Right. I, I can't go hard. Some of these workouts are walks, <laughs> right? Just trying to get it in. You know what I mean? And yeah, right. Crazy. Uh, Carrie and I may have to try that. I don't know if I'm ready for that. Yeah. Markel, I wasn't going to tell you, but your girl texted me and she's already thinking about it. So oh. <laughs> you know what? I can't thank you enough, Katie, because you know, your uh the the meditation thing or or the classes she just did, like I can already see the change and I'm like so proud of her because now she's doing like her own workouts and you know yes. and yes, over I heard- getting fat and eating cookies and stuff like that. And, and watching crypto, <laughs> uh, crypto and cookies. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But your, your wife's going to be hot and she's going to be like meditating. Yeah. All good. So maybe I'll jump in with her for sure. Man, Markel, my last question for you is, you know, you've worked with a lot of athletes. You were an athlete. What is, what is the one thing? And I'm not talking physical. What is the one thing you've learned from Francis? That's like, man, what makes him different is this mental skill. Like he has this mindset and this, this is why he is who he is. Ah, uh, um, as you know, it's funny, like Francis is so big and scary and strong and athletic. Um, but yet he's like the most gentle giant you'll, you'll ever meet. But the, the takeaway that I think, um, that I love is probably he, I'd never see him compare himself to anyone or anything. And I don't know if that's cultural or what, 
but like he's it's 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 weird like i will ask him about like he's never worried about the opponent or or what the opponent's doing or or whatever like he just has an innate uh uh self-belief that's that's just what it is like if you know francis story of him being dirt poor and him crossing you know morocco into spain and and spending time in jail and life raft stuff and like just to get to to paris like that's why he is who he is because he's so mentally like locked in and and unshakable right like one one bad comment from someone i know or whatever like it can shake me you know what i mean but there's not a person on this earth that can shake francis (laughs) like he knew he was going to be champion yeah he just knew it you know to where it made all of us just like believe it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And that's like, that's revolutionary in our culture to not compare yourself because man, we compare ourselves all the time. All the time. All the time. Badly. Yeah. Markel, thank you so much for your time. Like I, Clint, I don't know about you, but I have like so many nuggets. One of my favorites is just like, give up the how, give up, like have the goal, do the work, give up yeah. the how. I Freaking love that. Yeah. Um, But man, thank you so much. Where can people follow you? Let us know where we can find your podcast. Give us all the deets before we log off. Yes, you can follow me on IG at uh, Markel underscore Martin. And please follow us uh, on Moose Podcast. It's just at Moose Podcast, one word. Awesome. Awesome. And if anyone's going to the crypto convention. Yes, crypto convention, Bitcoin conference. June 3rd through the 5th. In Miami, right? Yep. In Miami, Florida. Yes. Awesome. I'm going to be there just rubbing elbows with all the Bitcoin whales. Have fun, man. I'm going to be jealous. Enjoy, man. I'm going to hit you up, Markel. Thanks so much. It was awesome Awesome. chatting with you today. Thanks so much. You guys have a good one. This is awesome. Thank you, guys. And you can follow us at The Space Between podcast and follow our Facebook page at The Space Between. We'll see you on the path.